Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Welcome, folks, to another episode of The Melancholy Condition. I am your host, and I have the amazing Paul Johnson here. Paul, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, amazing. You've set the bar very high for me already. I don't know about this. <laughs> um, my name is Paul Johnson. Um, I'm a freelance writer and a podcaster at the moment. Um, one of my shows is the Happy News Podcast, where I'm trying to get people thinking about kind of some of the happier stuff that takes place in the world. Um, so I guess that's kind of uh, relative to what you do. Uh, to a degree. Um, my other is the Total Stick cast, and I think you're going to be on that a little later on this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, over there, we're just a general discussion podcast with generally creative people. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, in the context of this show, um, I mean, I want to, one of the first things I want to say is that, um, you know, everybody's struggle is going to be different and their ways of dealing with those things are going to be different, but I'm here to talk about mine. Um, okay. And some of the ways that I dealt with various things. Um, at the same time, you know, we, we talked a little bit before the show too, um, but also to talk, you know, a little bit about uh, what it's like um, on the other side of the border, because I'm a Canadian, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about the health system here um, and maybe some different misconceptions about those kind of things and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So um, you, you said you do a little bit of writing, right? I do, yeah. Okay, what kind of stuff are you are you taking on these days? Um, well, at the, uh, at the moment, I'm just freelancing, so I take a little bit of everything, do a lot of things for YouTube, uh, different uh, kind of content mill sort of things, um, mm-hmm. like the top 10 lists everybody loves, uh, yeah. <laughs> loves to binge out on and stuff. I write <laughs> a lot of those kind of things at the moment. Really? Um, personally, I've had a couple of things. Oh, sorry about that. What is that? Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> like as far as like... Uh, writing top content? 10 lists? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of um, these channels on YouTube. They're just like top five channels and stuff. And that's all they do. Um, You come across them with the robotic voiceovers and that kind of stuff. Well, they all have uh, staff writers and stuff like that. So they pay freelance people to just research and write these lists out. So they're top 10, top five lists, this and the other thing. Then they all get um, animated in some cases or just sunk to video footage. Voiceovers get done and pop, pop, pop. And that by doing that, they're able to put out, you know, hundreds of videos a week if they want to yeah interesting i didn't know that that's crazy yeah there's people behind those there's a lot of people don't necessarily realize that either they don't they either don't think of 
necessarily who's writing them mm-hmm. or they kind of assume there's just like one guy writing all of these things but there's not there's a writing staff behind so a number of these things wow how, how, right? how long have you been doing that a uh, couple years now um on and off like i haven't been doing that the whole time there's uh, just f- okay so a couple years ago i guess i can tell you a little bit about this uh a few years ago now i guess it's going to be about two and a half i um found myself in between jobs i had uh left one job because I just couldn't do it anymore. It was soaking, sapping the life out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was working as a payday loan clerk, um, which is a, a very depressing job. Well, what is it? Like, what are you doing? Um, well, I think you guys got payday loans and stuff like that, right? And right. the whole nine years, you borrow against your paycheck. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So basically, as a clerk who uh brokers those basically just sit there and people come in and they borrow against their paycheck we uh establish if you you qualify for a loan this and the other thing there's a lot of um a lot of uh, pushing pushing off fraud oh uh because it is it is a lot of people who are very desperate to get their hands on money so there you come across a lot of a lot of different situations and there's a lot of uh sadness that you wind up seeing in the process um, I worked. Uh, I worked for a company that's just mainly out of Canada here. But there's, I think, Money Mart and stuff like that. You guys have in the states. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I, and I, now I'm familiar mm-hmm. with what, what um, the services. So go on. Yeah. Sorry, did you say you're not, or you no, are? I am now. Now, now that you've kind of explained it, I, I, yeah. I get the gist of things. I have never, um, yeah, been around them, but I know where some are. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, working there is obviously. I mean, you you come across people of a, a range of a range of walks of life. You know, there's uh, <laughs> there there are honest honest to god people who really who really just need just need the help. You yeah. know, who just need to make it to the next payday stuff Absolutely. like that. And on the same token, there are those same people who get into it for that reason and wind up you know going down a path where they can never repay it, and they get into those things. So it's a it can be a very soul sucking job. Mm-hmm to have because um, you're turning people away you're watching people get worse and worse you're watching people dig these holes every day um you know we're in charge of debt collection so you're calling these people you're terrorizing them at home you know they can't afford to pay it you've seen their pay stubs you know yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah I, I uh, so, so i decided it seems i decided for my own well-being to be i had to it is very, very depressing. Immediately before that, I worked in a pawn shop. So I went from one horribly depressing situation into another. <laughs> oh, man. So what so, made you my own Um, Well, I wouldn't say necessarily shifted perspective so much as I just decided that my own, well, me and my wife, well, she was my fiance at that point, but Ooh. we just decided that it was just your mental well-being is worth more than that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's not a, a paycheck is one thing, but you know, you got to be able to live with yourself. You got to not hate every single day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, and it, it can be such a difficult place to work because the only people you have um, really are your coworkers. You don't see a lot of happy people. You don't, you don't deal with people who you're not seeing people on the best day of their life. You know, you compare yeah. it, maybe the complete opposite of that is working in a bridal boutique. You know, everybody you see is happy. Everybody's optimistic. Everybody's looking forward to something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. here you're dealing with people who aren't looking forward to anything. They're not optimistic about stuff. They're, they're very desperate. And a lot of them are very sad and trying very hard to make ends meet. Um, so yeah, so the decision was very much one of mental health, I would say, uh, was just the decision that I just can't, it's not worth it anymore. It's not, it's not. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And since then, the city, 
I live in Calgary. It's a pretty well-known city, I think. Um, and uh, since then, things have gotten a lot worse here, even uh, with the drug situation and with things like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy. I've never regretted making that choice. Uh, but anyway, so I left there. We were talking, I think, a little bit about how I got into freelance writing. Uh, with my show, I get off on a lot of tangents. So I do apologize if that winds up happening no, no, here. No, that's 100% <laughs> but, uh, fine because I do the same thing. Okay, great, great. <laughs> well, I have heard a few episodes of your show, so I, I uh, <laughs> so I, I think we'll be a good match. Anyways, I uh, after getting out of that, I worked in a, we we here in Canada have uh, legalized recreational marijuana now, uh-huh. um, and that was somewhat recent. But in the vamp up to that, things were still pretty light. Things it wasn't a very big deal. So we had different uh, smoke shops in town and things like that. So I went to work at one of them because they promised me they would accelerate me to management, this and the other thing. But once I got in there, I wound up getting, um, I, oh, I can't even remember what the correct term, it's a type of um, vertigo though, uh, benign positional vertigo. That's what it was. Oh, what is I can't that? believe I remembered that. <laughs> so it, it basically means that you, it, the feeling of it, the sensation of it is all the unpleasantness of being drunk. Okay. Uh, with none of the pleasantness. So it's a lot of dizziness, a lot of feeling very disconnected and very um, uh, just uh, not like you'll go to reach for something. It's like, God, I hope I, I hope I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, hope, yeah. I hope I line up with it, which is something our motor skills are so automatic. That's not something you're used to thinking, you know, so it's a real, it's a real head trip <laughs> when that happens. How did this, how did, how, you said you started feeling this after working there? Uh, yeah, it wasn't necessarily related to working there, not to imply that in any way, shape or form. They don't know why. That's why it's considered benign positional vertigo. Like that's yeah. why it doesn't have a, it's not related to, to an injury or anything like that because it can just happen. Stress can bring it on. Lack of sleep can bring it on, different things like that. Making the transition of jobs like that and stuff. Maybe it was more stress than I was up to admit at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe it was stress related. Um, I never really gave that that too much thought at the time, uh, but yeah, in either event, so I was I was feeling very very crappy for quite a while uh, quite a while there, and uh, I wound up having to take a lot of time off from work and having just started that position, I was kind of showed the door, so there was a, a chunk of time right after that I was kind of unemployed and things weren't good where I live as far as employment goes, so there wasn't a lot of work available. Um, the apartment I live in wound up getting infested with bed bugs. <laughs> oh, jeez! So um, this is this. I don't know if any if you've ever been through that. No, I had a freaking experience. I had a friend that they bought a bunch of furniture from someone, and the the furniture like a week later they just kept saying like, yeah, I, I feel like there's stuff crawling on me, but I can't ever see anything. And yeah, so I, I know the whole situation. They had to get their whole house, like, they had to vacate it for, like, a week or two and get it sprayed. Yep, yeah, it's what you got to pack all your things into plastic bags, put them all in the center of the room. Uh, it's it's quite an experience to do to a house and a person. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, so we went through that right afterwards. So things were really hectic, just all over the place in either event. Yeah. So I, there's just all kinds of things. It wasn't a great time to be looking for work because I was we were staying up at my parents' place at the other side of town. So it's like, where am I going to get a job close to me, close to where I'm going to be for questionably a month at this point? Mm-hmm. Like it was a really, it's just a chaotic period of time. So I thought, hey, you know what? I write anyways because I've always been a writer in some 
way, shape, or form. I actually have a novella out, but I retracted it from Amazon momentarily to do another pass and release a second edition of it okay. uh, with some cover upgrades and nice. things like that. So it's not currently available, so I'm not really trying to promote that at the moment. But I, um, so I've always written in mm-hmm. some capacity or another, be it, you know, uh, pleasure or just simply trying to get things out of me or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I've a, always been writing. What would you call that? Like a movie, a stress reliever? It, it can be, I think maybe a cathartic experience would be the, I don't, yeah, it's always been, it's always been a release for me. Okay, good. Um, so during that time, I kind of had nothing else going on, you know, and I started to discover a lot of, um, I was looking for work at home opportunities and anybody that's ever been down that path, it's just ripe <laughs> with just rip offs, yep. scams <laughs> and just, it's, you just Google it and try to get into it that way. Uh, good luck. Like, it's so horrible. You're going to be filling out surveys till the end of time. Uh, it's, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I began to experiment a little bit with that. And I had endless hours in a day at that point in time. So it wasn't like, you know, I only got a couple hours after work to look into it. So basically just weeks of digging. Mm-hmm. And I wound up doing website testing. Website where testing? I was beta testing websites. Yeah. Okay where I was beta testing websites or I guess alpha testing websites that were getting ready to launch. So these would be things nobody had ever seen. So I got to do that with a few uh, mobile apps and a few websites, uh, a few different like ordering sites for like bridal boutiques, things like that. where it's really important that information goes through properly and screens respond in time and whatnot. Uh, So I got into doing a bit of that. Well, there's not great, money in it but it's better than a lot of the you know they tell you get rich filling out surveys well that stuff never actually pays off yeah. right? best it's you get amazon way, 10, gift cards 10, 10, 5, well, this was an actual yeah pretty much yeah uh so this was an actual job that you know actually deposited money into my bank account so i was like okay this is okay i'm actually doing this from home just using a laptop well not home yet because they hadn't let me move back in but yeah. you know i'm doing this <laughs> from the location of my choice just using a laptop and actually earning a little bit of money let's see what else is out there. So then I kind of started exploring a little bit more and I got into doing, um, uh, I ju- there's, there's limited things I can actually say, but doing uh, character driven responses sort of. So imagine uh, maybe, uh, you know, fan mail for like maybe um, uh, Disney characters or something or like a, a TV show character or something that people would write to. And well, somebody has to be able to generate responses to that. Santa Claus, for instance, anything like that, right? Okay. Um, so That's I used cool. to response for a fan service. There's so little I can actually say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I got into doing that for a little and that led to a lot of so then I could say, hey, I am actually a writer now. Hey, I am actually getting paid to do this. Should, and notice, one uh, thing just led to another. Sorry about that. Did you notice um, a mood change? Like as far as like, so something I've taught a lot of my guests, um, something that they've brought up is like, you know, you start doing this thing, you know, you know, you like whatever this activity is. For instance, for you, it's writing. You know, you like writing. You know that you want to be a writer. And then because of like this really pressured situation, you started chasing what you loved and what you knew. And then it started to slowly slowly give back to you because of how much you put into it and did because of that scenario people that i've heard talk about similar things they say the minute that they starts to give back like their mood towards it changes like it no longer is one of these things that you know this is what i want to do with my future and this is what i hope happens now it's wow okay this is starting to give back to me and i never expected it to is that how you felt Mm mm-hmm 
Definitely. There was a huge chance. I remember the first time even the website testing um, paid me back. And I can remember going and buying groceries and being like, this was paid for by that. Like, I remember the moment so clearly like this. I sat at home. I did this and this is paying for my groceries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, this. I didn't go to a place to do this. I didn't punch a clock to do this. I made this, you know, you know independently yeah. to a large extent, you know, and, and I definitely like I remember that moment for sure. And it does. It changes a lot and it gives you a lot more confidence in what you do. I feel like it um, I, that you... was kind of go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. Um, I feel like it changes a lot of like gratitude, like how you perceive gratitude, right? Because you can say you're thankful for something until it starts actually giving back to you, like how you see, for instance, um, when, while I was working out, I don't even really listen to music that much anymore. I was listening to some other podcast and they were, t it had Duncan Trussell on it um, with Theo Vaughn. Have you ever heard of the two? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I know the show, but I know Duncan Trussell. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Hermantown fan. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyways, Duncan Trussell was talking about, um, <laughs> he was talking about jobs, actually. He was talking about how, like, you know, we've made, we've had, we signed this contract that says, I'm going, you're going to pay me for eight hours of my time, right? Like, I'm going to be your slave for eight hours <laughs> and you're going to pay me this amount of money. Um. Yeah, And he, he just talks about like how corporations feel cheated whenever that amount of work gets done in a shorter amount of time. And then you're doing whatever you want with that time. And so um, where I'm kind of going with this is like, there's a slight difference, or I guess a major difference from being thankful from that contracted check, right? Like, so, you know, I work at a bank right now, I'm getting um, a certain amount of money for my two weeks, every two weeks, I get this check. And yeah, sure, you know, it feels good to be able to say, I'm working for this money, but there's a different type of gratitude that comes whenever, for instance, whenever I was doing freelance website building, that courage mm -hmm. and that confidence that I got every time someone was like, thank you so much. You made my business look amazing. Here's a thousand dollars for this website. That that was a different sort of perspective. It was a different type of uh, gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Does that kind of how you felt as well? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, it comes from a personal, it comes from, I guess, a personal pride, not to pick something that maybe is cliched or anything like that. But yeah, because it comes from a personal pride. It's, it, it, you're not only grateful for, for the simple, you know, exchange, like you said, you can get, uh, you can get uh, a check from any job. You're not just grateful for that. You're grateful for somebody acknowledging you, you feel a greater value in yourself from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When it's something that you've done, that you've created, that you've put your hand into, definitely, definitely. And I think it's interesting because you were talking about the how, how it's like signing a contract, you know, for your time. Yeah. And that bothers me. That bothers me so, and it always has, and I don't know why. It's probably why I um, uh, you know, decided to be a freelance writer and why I I have a podcast now instead of maybe doing something more, you know, conventional. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why. It's just because it bothers me. But it does that. So many people give up so much of their time and so so much of their lives even beyond the number of years that they put into it they give up so much of their well-being and their health for jobs and for just i don't i don't it's different for everybody i'm sure but seeking the validation that comes from that that not that thing that's built into us that you have to do this or you have to make x you know hundred thousand a year to count yeah to, you know what i mean that's sick and that idea of trading that time for money has always sickened me. I agree. And it's one of those things that it's hard to find a way out of. But even now that 
I write, sometimes I complain and I feel like, you know, well, now that I work for myself, I work 24 hours a day instead of eight hours a day, mm-hmm. you and know, and sometimes I don't, say things. I don't think people get that. I think no. <laughs> a lot of people that think they want to be their own boss, right? They're like, okay, well, whether it be the leader of a pyramid scheme, whether it be, you know, you make websites or graphic design, um, you read books, you know, or you sell books, you resell clothes, whatever the case is. A lot of these people, I think they're like, oh, well, I can work for myself, but they don't understand that. First of all, you have to have a good marketing strategy down for your, or at least a good, I guess you could still call it marketing uh, as far as like how other people know you, how are other people going to know you exist as a business? How are you going to provide this service out consistently? Right. And then how are you, when when are you going to make time to actually work on other people's like your client stuff or for instance, if it's making orders, when are you going to make the time to ship those orders out, get the shipping labels? And then when are you going to make the time to work on yourself? As far as are you learning new tactics to do things? Are you making your system a little bit better? Are you making your social media and website look a little bit more aesthetic, like as far as visual pleasure? Um, and that all takes a lot more time than going to the bank or going to like for me, you know, going to the bank and working six, eight, six hours, you know, whatever. The reason I'm doing it this way is because, you know, mm-hmm. I did so much business in the past. Um, I felt like that the businesses that I took on and the ventures that I took on were out of pride and I was only focused on making money. And then I ended up not liking it and it became a stressful endeavor for me. Now, this podcast for me mm-hmm. is a little bit different. You know, this is something that is a hobby and I like it. Is it monetized? Absolutely. But it's not my main source of income. You know, I'm willing to make my hobbies my thing until you know i can confidently say okay i don't need these other jobs you know what i'm saying so i think a lot of people have first of all have to take that in consideration but also have to take in consideration that like um things don't pay like kind of how you experience you know that pay didn't really start paying off for a little bit right it took a minute for it to start getting frugal yeah, yeah, yeah. And people have a very unrealistic expectation of how quickly things pay back too, I think, yeah, and absolutely. and how much you can, because you don't hear from a lot of people. I, and I mean, I guess that's why I'm really, really, really grateful to talk about this stuff um, too, because I don't think you necessarily hear from a lot of people that are getting, that are starting out or just getting started out. You hear all the success stories. Yeah, yeah. You like- hear about, you know, people who became freelance photographers and they make thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands a week. You know, and this, that, and the other. and But you don't hear about people who are, you know, starting out and they make enough to get by. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not a crazy profitable thing. It's not a thing everybody turns to you for advice. It's, hey, this is my job. This is, I work. I might be able to sit at home and do it, but I am working every day to do this. Mm-hmm. And even on the you know, same note, like of... saying... go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying it, it gets overlooked. Like you're saying that gets overlooked. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And um, I was going to add on to that as far as like how you brought up um, freelance photography, even if that person is getting mm-hmm. paid, you know, what people see is this person got paid a thousand dollars to do an hour long photo shoot. But what they don't see is the amount of money they put into their cameras, their batteries, their extra equipment to make sure that they can last an hour and all your, you know, editing yeah. software. 
Are they doing videography? Are they doing photography? Then are they going back and editing things to make it look more visually appealing? That takes hours. You know, of course, they probably, you know, photographers will have a lot of presets um, as far as things that they make. I like this look and they apply those presets. But if you're doing it for like major different events, each event has a different mood. Each event has a different color scheme and you have to edit those pictures accordingly. So even that takes hours. It takes a bunch of time. You know what I mean? And even those presets, you're, what you're getting from those presets is that person's experience. Somebody still designed those. Yeah, absolutely. You, the price of Coke doesn't go down because they've had the label figured out for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, no, sure. like I mean, it's, it's, you're still you're paying for that person's experience. You're paying for them knowing that's going to look best on that picture. And, oh, let me tweak this a couple percent yeah. because the lighting yeah. was different. You're paying for that experience. It doesn't devalue what a person's doing. It never should. But definitely, you're right, it does, yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately in a lot of people's eyes yeah I, I just i don't think that there's a lot of people that just understand the um the journey of it but something i kind of wanted to touch on as well um, is um off air you talked about a lot of the mental struggles that you went through you know in these early periods of time as far as the freelance era of and what i mean by freelance is like the low pay stuff that's what i consider freelance regardless yeah. if you're making a lot of money i consider freelance like whenever you're still trying to figure it out because then you get into your whenever it gets higher paying i don't think it's freelance because then it's word of mouth you have you have a credibility you probably have some kind of portfolio somewhere where people look at your work constantly like okay cool next month let's get this guy over here to you know write this script or something like that you know what i mean so um what kind of mental struggles i guess did you experience whenever you first started this um, new journey? Oh, it's, you know, and it's still hard. I'm still, I still consider that I'm in the, by all means, the early, you know, stages of this. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're humble about it. Good. Well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think I have every reason to be. Um, <laughs> I don't not to put myself down or take away from what I've done, but there is, you know, there's there's a long way I have to go. And you know what I mean? To the point of just selling, selling articles and things like that in a different way and for more money. And there's a long way that I still have to go. I'm still very early in the opening stages of this. And with that said, that might be a matter of, time but i've been doing it for a little while and it might be a matter of my own confidence the fact that it's really hard for me to get out there at first and still you know to to really market myself well and to really have the confidence to say hey you know you you want me to do this Mm -hmm. you know that's still hard that's because i'm not somebody who's predisposed to that i didn't come from sales and decide to do this i didn't you know what i mean i've never been the number one you know fastest talking smoothest talking you know guy out there i i don't know if you've noticed throughout this podcast so far um but uh like i've I've never been that guy so it's not natural to me to go out there and be like yeah hey you're gonna hire me today trust me wink you know like it's not so i might have caused myself some of the delays in that um but i mean it's i guess sorry i was responding to the fact that i'm still early on in my journey but some of the struggles in that i mean it's it's it is inconsistent um i'm i'm so lucky that like I, I married an amazing woman and my, my wife is entirely behind me on this and, and very supportive throughout the journey. And I don't know that I could have taken some of the risks that I did without that. I don't know that I could have necessarily put myself out there and been like, Hey, you know, if things don't go great this month, 
they might next month and we have reason to believe they will, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily had the opportunity to put myself out there in that way if it hadn't been for her and it hadn't been for her, you know, being there for me and saying, hey, no, you know what? You're good enough to do this. Um, So, I mean, I give her a lot of credit um, with that because it is, it's inconsistent. It can be scary when you don't know what's coming in. When you're very first starting out and you're like, there's sites like Fiverr and think, do you know about Fiverr? Absolutely. I actually had a lot of my website stuff on Fiverr for a while. I never got any gigs paid for, but um, I think it's just because I didn't really apply myself whenever it came to the app. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. I know what that's like. Um, I I just didn't put the time in. But you spend time on there with people who, you know, will lead you down a path like, oh, you know, yeah, I want this. Okay, how about this much? How about this much? How about that much? And they don't wind up being anything. So you get these leads that wind up dropping off. You wind up with people who don't contact you back. Why? Because they talked to you for two days and then ran off and found somebody who was cheaper. Yeah. You know, and, and different things like that happen when you're getting started out. And like I've dealt with Upwork in the past and different sites like that. All these are just, you know, uh, bays for... Uh, bay would be the wrong word but i didn't want to say pit uh kind of like you know holding areas for freelancers you know where people can come in and shop for your services right that's Mm -hmm. i'm trying to explain that for anybody who might not know what either of these things are um but like and even with the upwork too like there's you get things that are scams you get people who don't pay you you get this all these different problems um so it can be scary and uncertain and there can be a lot of time wasted on things like that to get through to those few clients Right now, I'm kind of involved with this little network of people um, who all run various different YouTube channels and um, uh, content mills would be kind of the kind of tongue in cheek term for it, um, who run these things. So I've been very fortunate to get a lot of work just in that little ring of people from one person saying to another person, oh, hey, you're joining this. Here's a good writer. Oh, hey, you know, and just little bits of word of mouth that way. That's good. um, That I've been very fortunate. But that's not something you can bank. That's not something you can set out day one and make your oh, yeah. your your plan out. And yes, I'm going to get very fortunate, and this person's going to find me. You know, you can't plan on that. So it can be very, very, very terrifying and very, very scary. And with anything like that, with that much uncertainty and stuff, of course, there's mental struggles. Of course, there's you know, there's that. That's am I good enough to do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, am I or am I just ruining this? So you know, I'm going to have this huge gap in my resume, and when they ask me about it, I don't. Why well, I didn't do anything. Why? Because I was talking to people online who didn't pay me for anything, you know? And like, there's, there's these fears and all this anxiety that goes with that. It's very, very terrifying to go out there on your, really on your own. Like, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I hesitated saying that because of course, like I said, I've had the support of my wife emotionally and things, but from, from a business standpoint to go out there on your own, to, they don't pay you just to show up for those eight hours and you can kind of blow the job off for about a week before anybody comes up and threatens to fire you. You know, that's not how it goes. If I'm not putting words on a page, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. So there is stress that goes with that. Of, I there think definitely some of that is. stress and fear is necessary. I really Yeah, do. I think it's driven me. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's driven me. It's driven me to take opportunities that I wouldn't have necessarily otherwise because I'm... Uh, we're all probably our own biggest enemy up to a point, you know? Absolutely. And it's often hard to say, especially when you're new at something from the standpoint of getting paid for it or doing it professionally, it's hard to say, you know, yes, I'm good enough for that. It's hard when somebody says, hey, do you think you can get this many things done a day? Do you think you can get this many a week? Sometimes it takes guts to say, I really don't think so. But yes, yes, I can, sir. You know, yeah. like, it, yeah. it, it, that's it comes putting down. yourself out there, making yourself 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The first of all, making yourself vulnerable is the main key factor as far as like, are you willing to fail at something? But I think a lot of it comes down to is a lot of people don't realize like um, the amount of things that they can do in a day. A lot of people don't realize that like if they just targeted their all their energy towards something, um, that they could really accomplish a lot. Because you you know you here's what the in my opinion the average American and I don't know I can't speak for Canada because I've never met a lot of people um, Canadian people um, so I don't I feel I assume that maybe this is a human thing but as far as the work um, industry you have people that will go into a job they work eight hours and then they are tired it may not even be physically tired. You know, if you're doing manual labor, then absolutely they're physically tired. But a lot of the times, all it is is like just this um, being drained from having too many human interactions. So you're already having yeah. this uh, decision fatigue. So you go home and you want to do, you have so many, you only have little decisions, adequate decisions that you can make left in your mind, right? So you choose to eat, you choose to watch your favorite show, and then you choose to sleep. Or go socialize amongst uh, your friends at a bar or whatever. Um, but I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, you could also use that time, mitigate your job, right? Go maybe go part time and start investing time into other things or start maybe setting an hour or two aside after work, after your eight hour job to invest in something that you maybe will pay off larger in the future. You know what I mean? People are really, you're capable. Only reason I know this is because. I've done websites where I've stayed up like two days straight, just knocking stuff out. And this was like a website that took, would have taken weeks. It took me a couple of days only because I was driven to finish it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I know from personal experience that you can do a lot with, within 24 hours. It's just, it just matters on how much you're willing to push yourself and how tired you're willing to let yourself be. Yeah. And I think at the risk of avoiding burnout too, because you can only do that for so long. Oh, it yeah. also depends how well you can manage your own, uh, you know, coping mechanisms for things like that. Oh, yeah. Like it, it depends how well you can. I mean, I'm not saying that you can just do that straight off the bat and be perfect, but I think that there's, if you can, you know, figure your own strategy out, like, okay, I'm going to do this for an hour, this for an hour, this for an hour, this for an hour, take 30 minutes myself get off social media, breathe a little bit, make sure I'm eating and drinking everything I need to be, and then get back to work. And I know there's a, there's a formula. There's a formula you can follow. I mean, it's different for everybody, but there is a formula you can follow that I think that can not only keep you happy, but make you feel like you're actually putting something back into the world. Mm -hmm. And I wish, you know, you talked about if people could take a little time after work and things like that and maybe start that little bit of side hustle they want, uh, you know, look into those dreams they have and stuff like that. And I wish, I wish that could just be broadcast on a loudspeaker <laughs> all over the world at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve times a day um, until it got, it got to people until it got through to people. Cause God, I wish that I had done that. I so wish I had done that. I would never recommend anybody take the road into freelance anything that I took into it because I did it with no other choice. Yeah. I did it because I was sitting at home and at least if I could find a way to make these seconds, make some money, then I could make some money, you but know, that's, that's a um, situation of being but, under pressure and making the best of the situation. I think a lot of people are just lazy. It, well, it is, but I think that laziness comes from, I don't think anybody's necessarily straight up lazy. I'm not sure if that's a thing. I don't, I think a lot of people say, you know, if, if people, 
had their own choice, they would just be blobs and sit there and eat potato chips. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think it's fear. Yeah. And I think it's self-defeat. I think it's a lifetime of hearing that you can't do things. I think it's believing that, buying into that. I think it's seeing um, other failure um, disproportionate to what you're seeing of success. Because, I mean, like we talked earlier about um, too often you only see people's success. That's true. But on the same token, if you ask the internet, can I make money as a freelance writer? They're also going to tell you some very negative things too. You know, you're going to get a lot of people uh, horrible, you know, stories of how they gave up everything. Not just that, everybody's got that, you know, aunt, uncle, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's, everybody's got that detractor in their life who, Oh, well, no, you can't do that. My, 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 you know, friend Bertha did that. And oh my, she lost everything. She regretted it, you know? And yes, there's going to be, because it's hard and it's easy to get into your head and it's easy to give up on it. And it's easy to fall away from your commitment to something like that because it's easier than staying committed to it. So because it's easier to defeat yourself, in short, because it's easier to defeat yourself, there's going to be a lot of failure out there. There's going to be a lot of people who are able to say that didn't work for me. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It doesn't mean that it can't work for everybody. Oddly enough, and one of the hardest things to realize is the one area where you do kind of get some control back. Everybody thinks if you work hard enough at a company, you can climb the ranks and stuff. That's true. Sure, you might become CEO of a company that way. I'm sure there's tons of people who have worked their ass off for decades and actually gotten where they said they were going to go that way. Not to take anything away from that. There's also people who have worked their ass off for decades and gotten fired flat out. Yeah. For doing yeah. so. And not for doing so, but you know, that was, that was their reward, you know, was they got fired flat out. Well, you know what? If you put that much work, if you put that much dedication, if you pushed off what everybody told you about the normal way to do life and you put that much focus into your own thing, because guess what? That is the thing that pays back proportional to what you put into it. That is the thing where if you stay up all night knocking down doors, you know, in the modern internet sense of the word, if you stay up all night knocking down doors with emails and stuff like that and marketing yourself and stuff, you can grow proportionate to what you put into it. That isn't a guarantee with the company. That isn't a guarantee with the typical job where everybody tells you that is the only guarantee. That's not true. Yeah, I think, and that's actually my biggest fear with school, right? It's because, um, you know, I've done a lot of these ventures, right? I've done a lot of business ventures since I was 18 years old. Had a clothing line, had a marketing agency, did acting and modeling, um, did websites. I even had my own storefront at one point. Awesome. Um, it was great, right? It was, I had a very, a lot of life. Sorry, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, my thing was, is I think a lot of those things were driven by money. I didn't have a passion for those things. So they never worked out because, you know, a year into it, I was burnt out because I didn't find love in yeah. this, in this thing. You know what I mean? I did it because I was like, oh, people are going to look at me and see me as this person. And I want that. I want to be this little local celebrity that everybody's like, hey, look at this 20 year old that started his own business. Look at this 21 year old that now has a storefront. You know what I mean? I, I was too focused on what people thought. And I didn't care that, you know, it was hard. I just wanted to I guess just acceptance, man. It's, it's, I have a weirdly, really a lot of hindsight about these situations. But my thing is, is now, you know, this podcast has been growing and I've always cared about mental health since I was young. I've always been very, very intrigued about the mind body connection between emotions and, you know, your motor skills and your diet and how it, changes your life so lately i've been considering getting into neuropsychology 
Um, you know what I mean? Getting and I think that would really help this podcast a lot if I could understand, you know, have people yeah. come on here, tell their stories and be not necessarily diagnose them, but just be like, here's what I think from my my studies. You know what I mean? I've always found things, studies like that. Science is very, very interesting. So I've been very uh, frugal with, you know, if I want to go back to school or not. Um, but my thing is, is like going back to school, say I give those 8.2 years, right? Say I give, get that doctorate degree in neuropsychology in 8.2 years. Is that going to be a profession that is around still? Because in, in the next, I think, in my opinion, I think the next 10 years, we're going to be like at a 40% unemployment rate because of how AI is taking over everything. And a lot of people that have worked so hard with degrees and stuff like that, I think a lot of that's going to be very mitigated as far as where you can go with it if you're not already introducing it. So my biggest thing, you know what I mean, is like, (laughs) am I going to give my time into all that and maybe have it, you know what I mean? But maybe I can build a brand out of it. Maybe I don't have to actually be a neuropsychologist. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different points I'm kind of considering right now. Yeah, that's unique because you're, you're coming at it from a different standpoint. You're not necessarily doing it because you want to spend the rest of your life in a laboratory or because you want to, it would give you a, a different tool towards, you know, promoting mental wellness, like, yeah. which is what you want to do, right? So the fact you're using it for that purpose, I mean, that's different than putting all your uh, eggs in the basket of spending forever in a laboratory with computers in a job that might be AI dominated. Mm-hmm. Um. With all the AI nowadays, I mean, I think that's obviously not what the show's about, so not to spend too much time on that. But I mean, I think like you're talking about the unemployment rate, I think there will be a rough patch, not to put it too lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll, there'll be a bit of a adaptation in that sense. There is when anything comes along. I mean, I, people who shoot horses couldn't have loved when cars came along. You know, yeah. people, there's always going to be that, that drop off for people who are highly specialized in one area. Um, but with that being said, somebody is going to have to maintain these things. Somebody is going to have to install these things, service these things. Somebody's going to have to transport them, build the restaurants that they're going into. People, you know what I mean? Yeah, all the yeah. all this AI is going to require people behind it. It's going to be a matter of retraining and shifting the training in the workforce as a whole. And not just that, more and more people are turning to it's amazing how many people out there are freelance. Uh, freelancing in some way, shape, or form. I mean, I am granted it's, you know, a bit of, you know, beta mine off or whatever, you know, the, once you know about something, you see it all the time and you experience it. And now I'm in this world. So I obviously compared to 10 years ago, I'm seeing so many more people, but there's a lot of people out there taking up freelancing, taking up freelance writing. People I've known for a while coming to me saying, Hey, you've done this. How did you do it? Cause I'm interested in this. You know, there's, I, I meet, um, podcast producers and stuff all the time. A lot of these guys are working freelance. Um, there's a lot of people just simply creating things True. like with YouTube and, and podcasts, what we're sitting here doing right now, there's people making their living off of doing this very thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. hundred percent. Yeah. Things are going to evolve and the way people make money is going to evolve and there will be casualties of that. I'm, which is sad there will be casualties of that along the way but it doesn't mean that there's going to be no jobs yeah. you know what yeah, i mean 100 no, no. i think it's just an adaptation thing now i do think this is something that we could probably go off on a tangent on so write this down and we'll save it for whenever yeah. i jump on your podcast there we go there we go okay. absolutely <laughs> um so literally now go ahead. Yes, awesome. now yeah <laughs> just remind me about it whenever i jump on and we'll, we'll go off on it because i have a lot to say about that topic um Anyways, sounds good. Sounds good. So 
something that I was very interested in that we spoke about off air was how you said the Canadian healthcare system doesn't isn't really an advocate of mental health. That's what it sounded like, at least. Yeah. Okay. I'll jump into that a bit here uh, right away. I wanted to say, wrapping up the thing we were just talking about, not with AI or anything, but uh-huh. you were talking about the show and and how you'd lend a different perspective to it going back to school and stuff. Thank you for doing the show. That's what I want to say because you are you're doing something very important with this. You have a show that isn't all science and isn't all medicine. You strike a balance between the two. It's a show where people swear. That's not a problem. You can say whatever you want on the show. And I think there needs to be resources like this that are more accessible to people. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that I'm I, I, I like your show and what it represents. I really appreciate so, that, man. That um, makes me, uh, it makes me feel real good. Yeah, no, so keep doing it. Keep Get all the degrees you need to keep doing the show. I think it means a lot to a lot of people even. I don't have no idea what your fan interactions like. I have no idea what your uh, listener base is like as far as reaching out. So I'm sure there is a lot of people that benefit from this because I see the need for it out there. So oh, I appreciate it, man. That makes me, that really brightens my day because that's all I've been thinking about this morning. You know, it's really interesting how just a little opinion like that can really change um, a thought process. And that's something that like kind of where I'm kind of headed towards things as far as the degree field, right? So my thing is, is based on my personal experience with my anxiety, my anxiety is like, uh, like a virus in a computer, right? So you have, you see, um, that's how my thought process is. It's this virus that when, when I was young, it was very, very popular. It was a virus that you got from an email and it copied itself into your computer. And then what it did is it copied itself in every single mitigated like um, subfolder, so you could never delete it. And so that's kind of like what my anxiety does. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. I was just saying. I think I remember something like yeah. that. I know what you're so referencing. This is something that I, I dealt with a lot. You know, um, whenever I was a kid, I didn't have internet. We were very, very poor. So I was able to figure out a lot about computers. So now that's kind of like you know my thing. Whenever there's something wrong with someone's computer in the family or whatever, they'll call me. But anyways, that little virus is very similar to how my anxiety works. I'll be dealing with something like, um, that's the reason I don't like listening to music too much because I don't focus on music. It's just background noise to me after a while. That's why I like to listen to podcasts because it's actual conversation and it's engaging and it's forcing me to listen to what these two people are saying or one person. Um, So what it's like for me is like, I'll have one thought, right? Like, and then it just stems and it stems and it's like a little virus and it just grows and grows and grows. It's like, for instance, um, you know, I just got paid today. Uh, let's just, for instance, say it was 600 bucks. I just got paid today. 600 bucks. Is this going to last me two weeks? Okay. Now I'm thinking about the two bills that I want to come out. All right. Or the bills that I have that are going to come out. Okay. That's this much. And now I have this much left over. Okay. Well, I have this much money and that's going to do this, this, and that. Well, what if this pops up? Um, am I going to have enough money for that? Okay. So what can I do extra for this much money? Boom. And I start thinking about things like that. And then it'll stem off into like a future thought, like, okay, is this how much money I'm going to make forever? Do I need to go get a second job? Am I going to, you know what I mean? When I already have got a second job just to scrape up some funds because me and my girlfriend are making some pretty major moves at the end of the year. And I want to be able to do that for her. But where my anxiety comes into play is in the future, where am I going to be? Am I going to progress myself? Am I going to end up being stuck here? Am I going to be still making the same money with more bills? Am I going to have to be doing more things? You know what I mean? So a lot of it comes down to like, and I have to catch myself and I do it all the time. I'll, yeah. I'll do it in the middle of the day. I'll just stop. It's like in the matrix, whenever uh, Neo will stop time and he just is there and everything else is going so quick, but he's just, you know what I mean? So, and that's how it is for me. It's like, I'll have to just pump the brakes and all these thoughts are just rushing to the front of my head. 
and I have to like just remove myself from the situation, take a deep breath, you know, focus myself, do like 10 minutes of this like stress relief uh, strategies that I do. And it just relieves everything away. But it's really unhealthy because like whenever those kind of scenarios happen, whenever I'm in the middle of work, shit gets crazy. You know what I mean? Mm. Or whenever I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to be doing something at home, like a website that I've been working on. And then I'm thinking, oh, is this person going to like it? He said he wants it this way. But what if this font doesn't look that great? And to him, he thinks it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's just a – and it's one of those things that have gotten better for me. Um, I assume as a writer, you've probably dealt with some of the those scenarios where you feel like you have a high-end client yeah. and you don't want to lose them. And then you do the work and you're just sitting there waiting for their response. Like, oh, are they going to read it? Are they going to like it? Am I going to lose their attention in the first paragraph? Like, what's going to happen? And so – and this is how, all super relatable. Yes. <laughs> and that's how it is for me. Though. And that's something that I have to deal with every single yeah. day. You know what I mean? My, um, and it's not, mm-hmm. I'm not a slave to it. I work through it, but it's just one of those things. Like, um, like, uh, how would you put it? I guess a car, right? Every time someone buys a car, every car has just something, whether it be a recall, whether it be, um, you know, something that fails often everything you know what i mean and i i admit i know i'm not perfect but it's just one of those things i think a lot of it stems from me being a perfectionist just wanting to be perfect in everything that i do like knowing that yes i can fail but i also want to be able to have the highest output in everything i do so if i'm going to do this thing i want it to be the best of the best i want people to see it and say i've never seen anything even if it's just my job at work I want to be better than the people that have yeah. been there for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I, I have the self humility to say, I don't know as much as you, but the things that I do know, the things that I am proficient in, I'm going to do my very best in. And I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from anyways. Yeah. I think a lot of people um, feel those things. And we were talking earlier about like how hard it is to put yourself out there and take those risks. And I don't think a lot of people have this conversation um, necessarily, or, and I don't think people hear this conversation often enough to realize that other people are feeling it too. Like other people are going through those, those fears and those doubts too. And if you don't have this dialogue and if you don't know that other people are feeling this, I mean, go out into the world that way and try to do something, try to do anything. You know what I mean? Not, not realizing that, cause I think a lot of people tell themselves, you know, if I was really good enough, I wouldn't feel this way. You know, mm-hmm. if I was, if I was, if my, if the things I made were really good enough, I wouldn't have to feel this way, you know, and that's, that's not true. And that's why it's so important to talk about these things, to, to, to mention those things and to make sure that people know that, yeah, other people out there who are making things that you think are successful at what they do, because you can't imagine how to bridge the gap between where you are and there, they're still terrified. Yeah. You know, like 70, I'm not a very social person. Like I said, I didn't come from a, a sales background or anything like that. And I've, probably 70 episodes of the stick cast now. And I still get nervous before I do an episode of a podcast pre-recorded that nobody's listening to live (laughs) because I'm thinking about what I'm going to say, how people are going to judge that when it's gone. What if the whole thing is so, you know, 70 shows in, what if the whole thing is so bad that there's, I can't even edit around it. And I just sound so bad that I have nothing to put out this week. That's interesting. Well, no, you got to tell yourself that's completely not going to happen. You know, like that's you, you have countless examples of that not taking place. Yeah. But you know, it's impossible not to have that anxiety. It's impossible. I could have canceled this 
15 times with you because I was so scared that what if I just have nothing to add to this conversation? What if I don't belong here? Mm -hmm. You know, what if this isn't the right, you know, and that's no matter what I do, no matter what I record, that's something that and no matter what I write, no matter what happens, that's something that I think everybody in some way, shape or form. And if you don't or can't admit it, you're maybe not being honest enough with yourself or you're not connected to that part of yourself. But I think that's something that everybody experiences that doubt if you're going to be good enough and that drive to be that much better. I think that you're a hundred percent right. And I think that a lot of people are scared to deal with, like I noticed that a very, very early age, I have these issues and no matter how hard I tried to ignore them or, you know, pretend it wasn't there or even just say, you know, this is just a bad point in my life. Um, I'll get through this. They always came back. And I think what I had to do was, okay, look myself in the mirror. What's the issue? Now, are you going to let this be an issue? Are you going to make this, let this be a controlling factor in your life? There is an issue, sure, mm-hmm. but are you going to make it, let it be your puppet? Can you use it to fuel other things? Can you use the stress that you're going through to make yourself a better person so that you can try to help other people not deal with that stress? Can you use this anxiety yeah. that you're feeling and go take it out on you know, working out and maybe now you're looking a little bit better? Maybe now that getting that blood flow, you're a little bit more relaxed because you just beat the shit out of yourself in the gym. You know what I mean? Things like that. So I think a lot of it comes from, like you said, being honest with yourself. Yes, I have this problem. Or, and not even maybe even calling it a problem. But yes, I have this thing that is can be controlling if I feed into it. And then that's the other part is feeding into it. Like I said, I, after I realize something is going wrong for too long in my head, I have to stop and pull myself out of the situation from a third person point of view and let whatever commotion is do its own thing over there. I'm no longer into that. I'm no longer in that realm. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of things that help as well is like um, words of affirmation, you know, waking up in the morning before even getting on your phone, just telling yourself like, this is something that's so powerful to me and I do it every single day. I wake up in the morning and for 10 minutes, I think in my head one thought and it sounds like this. I am amazing. I am happy. I'm stress-free. Today, I'm going to use my God-given abilities to provide clarity in my future to, you know, things like that. And it's like a whole sentence. Every morning gets different, but I say it over and over and over and over and over and over again until I completely feel it, until I feel it in my bones, until I believe it. And, you know, the more I say it, the more I add things to it or take things out of it. And it's just one of those things that it helps me get through my day. Because I know I have these mm-hmm. scenarios where, okay, if I think about this for too long, I'm going to freak the fuck out. But I don't. Know. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things that you, yeah, like, yeah. Um, you just don't feed into it. You have to learn how to control it. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, these mental yeah. barriers come in. Definitely. Uh, you were talking about waking up to positive affirmations, like, and using positive affirmations in the morning and stuff like that. I actually recently started, uh, my alarm clock is a narrated list of like, um, positive affirmations. So I wake up to just somebody saying great things to me. So that's, really? <laughs> that's cool. That is really yeah. cool. I thought, 
Yeah, and I think it's had an impact. You know, I haven't been doing it for maybe a week or so. I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, it's been night and day. I'm a brand new person now. But it does. It's 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 a nice way to wake up. It's a whole lot better than laying in bed in the morning going, oh, God, think of all the things I have to do today. Can I do them? You know? Like- yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it comes, I mean, what it boils down to is an incremental, a very, very incremental gesture that you're applying to your routine that is going to have a larger, like, macro um, result in the next 10 years if you you know what I mean yeah that's how I look at everything yeah, definitely and you know what has and you know what hasn't happened anything bad there it you is. know what I don't feel worse for it. so see, what could possibly be wrong with that I think that's Go where ahead. a lot of people don't um, want to accept like little things like that right you know that holistic type routine or the you know eastern medicine whatever it is you want to call it um, people don't think like okay, maybe it's silly for me to do this because I think of myself too highly to be doing these things. But there's no negative downside. Even if it doesn't work for you, it's not like it made things worse. You know what I mean? No. It never makes things worse. If anything, it's going to make things a little bit better, make you feel a little bit better. Even if it is an audio recording telling you that you're great and you can achieve great things and that you're prosperous and the things that you do in your life are um, wealth driven or not wealth driven, but they, they acquire wealth and they make you happy and they, you know what I mean? Make you kind of, okay, put you in this mood. Like these things are, maybe it's true. And maybe in your subconscious, you don't realize it, but it's programming you to be happy. It's programming you to do things that are positive in your life. And we know how constant negativity can program us the opposite way. So why, you know, wouldn't it, consequentially be true that having that feed of positivity would be a good thing and like yeah like we both said at least it's not going to be something negative like what do you possibly have to lose (laughs) yeah it's um um go ahead ahead. no i i I was gonna say we were gonna talk a little bit about mental health in canada and stuff there a little while back and then i ran off on a tangent i think one of us did and we didn't talk about that it was a a decision we made together so don't worry about it One thing actually, I did want to um, touch on is um, something that you had mentioned earlier about, you know, being scared to not hold up the right conversation and, and being in this environment with whether it be me or any other guest with your podcast, um, where you feel like you're not adequate enough to hold on um, an informative conversation. One thing that I really feel like that I do well is um, I, I, I try my best to make people feel the opposite of how, your fear. You know what I mean? I try to make people feel like I'm interested in what you're saying. I want to hear more of what you're saying. I, what you are right now is you're valuable to me because you decided to come onto my podcast. You know what I mean? And and I, tr- yeah. I try my best to yeah, no, make, make you feel that way. And hopefully I've done a decent job that of that because I, I want people to listen to this episode and think that we have been friends for so long, even though we just met. And that's my goal with every single guest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. That's awesome. Uh, and I mean, you, you just wanted to tell you that you definitely did that. Um, because I think the first thing I said to you was that I, I didn't like, you know, I'm not a doctor um, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you realize. I'm not. 
that. And you made it clear to me that you're just looking for um, people with, you know, personal uh, to take a personal vantage point on mental health and stuff like that. And that's, you know, all I have to offer and um, all, you know, you're looking for and all I want to offer. So that's no, you definitely made me feel comfortable. Awesome. That was the awesome. point. <laughs> so let's yeah, go ahead. Um, so yeah, mental yeah, health in Canada. Yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> Since right. we almost got to that <laughs> once already, let's uh, go back and pick up on that. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know where to start exactly. I, I guess, um, you know, I think people have a lot of um, different ideas maybe of what Canadian healthcare is like. And while I'm sure there's some very educated people out there who fully understand the situation, I think we also have a probably a bit of a, a rap for being, you know, we mm-hmm. get everything you know, like everything's just great. We just go to whatever doctor we want, you know, dentist, psychologist, it doesn't matter, you know, wherever you want to go, it's just free everything. And, and it's not at all the way it is. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about um, Canada's uh, healthcare system or mental health or anything like that. A lot about it. I know in high school, we had like a little bit of a debate um, one time talking about like the different healthcare systems in the world and what would be most beneficial to the United States to adopt, but we never really came to a conclusion. So, um, yeah, go ahead and inform me if you can. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's something, a uh, world problem you can really solve at yeah. a high school level necessarily, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, but I mean, it is good, you know, and I know that we are so fortunate um, over a lot of other people uh, to have the type of healthcare that we do, but that healthcare basically stops at your hospital and your doctor's office. It's not something that extends into um, mental health and things like that, or even for that matter, not that it relates to this podcast, but dental and things like that isn't something that we automatically get from the government. Those are all things that we pay for, or we have to have benefits through our employers, uh, just like you guys. Uh, So with mental health, uh, you know, it's because we do have resources. Uh, we, We can go and we can uh, say that I need, it's called Alberta health where I am, Alberta mental health. Um, and you can say that, you know, you need access to counseling resources and so forth, and they'll call you up and do an intake interview. And then they put you on a list and that list is about a year and a half. So if you're in a crisis situation or if you need help, if you need that to build that relationship with the therapist now, that help is a really long ways away. Um, and it's not... Uh, and you can, I mean, you can go and pay, but that's the problem is a lot of people can't afford um, to pay for, you know, to have a straight up uh, therapist, you know, a therapist client related where you're going in once a week or whatever, and you can talk about these things and you can, people need a quick fix because they can't afford 250 bucks, 300 bucks a week. Yeah, so talking about the, the government and things like that, and once you do get put on that year and a half long wait list, uh, by the time you get through that wait list, you're then facing a situation where you have people that are changing constantly. You have therapists that are either in some cases finishing a practicum in other cases, just moving on. Cause let's face it for them, there's probably better money in an independent practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have, so when you're in a situation, like I personally am somebody for a multitude of reasons, we might get to chance to get to this or not. Uh, I'm not a big fan of taking prescri- prescription medication. So I don't want to be on um, things like SSRIs and stuff like that for the rest of my life. I'm trying to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, once you build a connection like that with a therapist, you have somebody who sees things, you know, the same way, what a, then you go and destroy that just to, the next guy gets some notes and then you have to introduce yourself. You have to make yourself completely vulnerable to this person. Again, go through all of these different steps. 
Um, and when you're the ideal situation in a therapy scenario is that you're going to continue going, you're going to have that accountability to somebody, you're going to be, uh, you know, committed to it, it gives you that routine, if nothing else, mm -hmm. for some people, that's really important. But when you keep changing uh, counselors and things like that, and sometimes there's a break in between, sometimes you miss a week before the person can do an intake with you, this and the other thing. When you're doing that, it's like being in rehab and somebody brings you a tray of drugs every morning. Yeah. Like, here's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity, you know, and you fall out of the system too long. And guess what? You get to go back on that year and a half waiting list. Well, it's counterproductive. It almost, it virtually insists that the people that need the help the most can't get it. It almost sounds like, you know, because that it's like a system designed to keep you in your scenario. Yeah. And it feels that way. It feels that way so much. And, you know, kudos to anybody who's, you know, been through it and they feel like they're significantly better. They, you know, we're able to form that connection with people, however the case may be, but it's, it's so hard when you don't, it, it really is. And it's the case more often than not. And, you know, I hear this from other people and mental health needs to be a priority. Mm -hmm. And it's, unfortunately it's, it's getting better, but it's not. And it, one of my favorite episodes, because I've uh, listened to your, I've listened to a few of, a few episodes of your show uh -huh. um, for, you know, to, for one thing, to have a clue what I was coming on, you know, <laughs> different stuff like that. Of course. <laughs> but, um, and one of my favorite episodes you did with the gentleman, I'm just looking for his name uh, right now so I can actually, yeah, they're Justin Oliver. Okay. And like, I'm not a big gym guy. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not a big fitness buff. I think I weigh about 98 pounds soaking wet. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I weigh more than that. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little string bean. You know, I yeah. went to the gym for a little while trying to get in shape. And I couldn't stand packing that many calories into my body just to put weight on. I was just like, hey, you know what? I'm good with me. Yeah. I don't need to change. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he talked a lot. And even though that was, uh, he has a big focus on that type of fitness, like uh, fitness from a, a working out and athletic standpoint. He also talked a lot about the connection between uh, mental health and physical health mm -hmm. uh, and, and how, how the way, how your mental health really does affect the, uh, things like arthritis, different stuff yeah. like that. And how people who are able to let go of uh, major, major events in their past and stuff like that, see improvements in completely unrelated conditions. And as soon as you say that to somebody, they go, Oh, witchcraft again. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like waking up to a positive affirmation. Okay, great. But what's the worst that could possibly happen? What? Your arthritis doesn't get better? Well, try. Yeah. You know, try to give this. And, and there's not enough education about it. And there's nobody, I don't want to say reputable because that's such a weird, but the, the, the stance of the government, the stance of the powers that be isn't to that effect. Mm -hmm. You know, They're not worried about that, for lack of a better way of putting it. They're just not. And... Uh, We've acknowledged the chronic stress, inflammation, these kind of things lead to major issues, things like cancer, th other things, uh, stress that leads to Alzheimer's, things like that. We've acknowledged this. And yet it's not being addressed as a physical issue. It's not being addressed as something that's important to be dealt with. And I know that's not something that's specific to Canada. You know, that's an issue yeah, in varying just... degrees all the way especially for you guys as well. Like I'm not trying to say that's just a Canada thing by any stretch, but that's the problem. That's the bigger problem. And that's why having systems that are 
uh, run by the government and things where you can go on that year and a half wait list, they don't matter when it's not being taken seriously. It's not helping that I can get in to see somebody free a year and a half from now because that person's not going to be consistent and it's not, it doesn't feel like mental health is taken seriously. And that's a big, big, big problem. Yeah, man. And it's crazy that you brought up Justin Oliver because I totally forgot. He's actually from Canada as well. He's a gymnast. Oh, is he? Yeah. Really, really yeah. great kid. Um, I loved having him on my show. And he was actually my first guest that I've ever had on my show. Uh, my earlier episodes in oh. season one were all just me by myself. I, I would talk for like maybe 15 minutes and then that was it. Um, yeah. But no, he was a really great guest and he had brought a lot of insight as far as like physiology and how... Um, you know, just your overall well-being as far as your body goes and, you know, how different things will affect other things as far as like your connection between your diet and um, and, like health issues. It doesn't even have to deal with mental health. It's just overall health issues. And so I really enjoy having him on the show. Yeah, definitely. And if you're feeling better, I mean, they, they it's they go together. I mean, if you're feeling better physically, you're probably going to feel better mentally. If mm-hmm. you're feeling better mentally, you're going to make better choices physically. You're not going to be staying up until all hours of the night. You're not going to be losing sleep. It seems so common sense that it's frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's very interesting. Like, though, it's because... so frustrating because I don't know what to say that hasn't been said, but it's also so important to say it. It's, it's very right. interesting because we live in a world that promotes, you know, we have a ton, just a ton of health advocates, right? People that love health and mental health and uh, dietation and nutrition and fitness. But there is a surplus of, and I think this comes into the wage issue, but I think because of how many people are promoting this healthy lifestyle, we look at that lifestyle and say, this is expensive. It is expensive to cook. And then you have corporates looking at, okay, well, people want to be healthy. So why not we give them um, a kind of healthy option, for instance, like McDonald's salads, right? And then people are like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, it's salad, so it's healthy. But they're not taking into fact like they don't know where this lettuce and these dressings and all these things are coming from. They don't know where that chicken is coming from. Is it even chicken? You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 very frugal, I think, because you have some people, you know, that want to be healthy and don't realize how expensive it can be or how much how hard work it is. And so because I think that can be equally as discouraging as, you know, the current state of someone's body or mental um, mental state is the fact that getting better takes work. It takes work. It takes time. And yes, it can take a little extra money here and there. It depends. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, yeah, definitely. That's something I've started taking, taking a lot more seriously over the past, I maybe decade or so I'd say, um, is what I put into my body. I mean, I'm not great by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not about to sit here and give you a lecture on kale. This isn't my <laughs> TED talk about anti- antioxidants or anything. This, But uh, like, I, I just, to start taking it a little bit more seriously, like I used to be able to, you know, uh, wild and crazy, sit down at night and eat a box of Oreos, you know, and, but just to think about the fact that like, think about how much sugar, think about what your body has to deal with when you do that. Yeah. Think about, you know, Think about what you're putting in it. Are you giving yourself anything to run off of? Like nope. if you're in a vehicle, would you just be stuffing mud into your gas tank? Right. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> or are you actually putting something in that fuels something? Think about it. it's all your all your body has. That is it is what you put into it. And 
I don't know what turned that key in my head. I don't know what made me realize that, but I started to take it a lot more seriously and actually be aware of those things. Like I said, maybe it was, you know, seven, 10 years ago, somewhere around there, it was gradual to an extent, but it, it was sudden when I realized I had realized it, Yeah, you know, like you're, I can't run on soda pop all day. I can't. And it's still a struggle just even to stay hydrated for me to make that choice that, no, I'm not going to have another cup of coffee. I'm going to have a glass of water instead. It's even a bit of a struggle for me. Um, But I'm making those choices now and I'm making sure that I'm doing those things. And it does make you feel better. You do feel more energetic. And when you feel more energetic, you feel like you can accomplish things. Surprise, surprise, it's linked to mental health again. You know, (laughs) I think (laughs) it's very crazy how much, you know, um, how you're saying soda and stuff like that affects you. You know, I don't drink a lot of soda every now and then I will. Um, There'll be days like yesterday, I drank like three Dr. Peppers and a Sprite because I was with my girlfriend's family and we were just having, you know, family time. And that was what was there to drink. Um, I'm not a big alcohol drinker, so I stayed away from it. But typically I don't drink a lot of soda. And every now and then I'll get that craving for that high fructose syrup. You know what I'm saying? And uh, (laughs) I'll just, I take like a drink. I'll drink a quarter of a can and my body just pumps the brakes. I slow down. I think weird. I'm all droggy. Like it's, it's very weird how that processed sugar um, reacts in my body. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, I'm starting to realize now that I need to slow down on coffee a little bit. Cause I'm starting to notice those things about myself. Like my thinking is getting really like, sure. It's great when you get that surge from the coffee right away, but then I'm starting to get really sluggish in my afternoons and stuff like that. And I got to you pay attention to that again, because there's a reason for it. It's not just, it doesn't always have to be the weather. Maybe sometimes it's the weather, but it doesn't have to be the weather. It doesn't have to be, Oh, I just feel gross today. There's probably a reason your body's reacting to what you've done to it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I 100%. Yeah. And um, I deal with that a lot, to be honest. I've tried to mitigate how much coffee I have or caffeine in general throughout my day. Um, typically, I just get, you know, whether it be pre-workout or whatever in the morning, go to the gym, and then I'll have like one cup of coffee. Um, my only excuse is, I guess, is typically whenever I'm doing like several podcast episodes, I'll drink like a cup of coffee every episode just so I'm kind of staying on top of my game. But even then, you know, I, I by the end of the day, I'm just done. I'm spent. But, but I think a lot of it comes from, too, is because of how much I don't drink throughout the week. You know what I mean? Because used to, I would drink coffee all day. But now it's like I only use it whenever I absolutely need it. So whenever I do have an over-excessive amount, it hits me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I'm still on a cup a day, but it's only a cup a day. And I go get it for McDonald's. So it makes me get out of my house. Mm-hmm. It makes me go makes me see people and then i come back and i only drink that cup so it's not like i got a pot of coffee sitting there they keep pouring from yeah right so i i I used to be absolutely horrible and this is what i mean by thinking about what you're putting into your body um i used to start my day i used to work in a restaurant and i was the one with all the energy there Mm -hmm. um and that was because i used to have a uh, was it i think it was a quad in the morning and a triple in the afternoon uh quadruple shot of express and then a triple shot for the afternoon that's terrible Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It tastes like what it's doing to your body. I mean, like, (laughs) espresso's bitter and dry. And it's, I mean, that's what it does to your system. Like, I mean, it dehydrates you. It it doesn't, it doesn't help. It doesn't, but I was under that impression that it was. Why? Because I had energy all day. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what would happen to me at night? What would happen to me the next day if I didn't drink it again? It's, it's, it's it's drugs. You know, that's what it is. Like, is it, but, like, 
I know it's it's so important. Sleep too. Sleep is something that I'm only starting to roll around to really, really respecting um, just how important it is to sleep because I used to push myself way too hard, um, staying up too late to do things and then paying for it the next day. So, you know, you stay up until three o'clock in the morning and great, you get all this great work done and then you get up at noon the next day. Yeah. Well, I could have done all of that work in the morning, but instead I decided to get three extra hours of <laughs> slow work done instead of doing five hours of decent work the next day. Yeah. But it's hard. Like we talked about anxiety and all these different things. Like it's hard to make yourself do that because, but what if, what if something happens tomorrow? I'm here right now. What if something happens tomorrow? Well, just, it's so hard to take that step back and breathe to, to take care of yourself. Cause again, this is how everything works together. Yeah. You know, you have to take care of yourself both sides to be healthy i think that's the, one of the easier things to do is kind of like and i think that's what kind of dials back to people not um, capitalizing on their strengths is the fact yeah. that the you it's easy to let those thoughts take over it's easy to be you know self-defeative um if that's de- mm-hmm. defeated i guess um it's easy to defeat yourself I'll, basically. I'll take, you know what i mean i'll take defeated yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> why not? So, so yeah, I think it's easy to do that. You know what I mean? It's easy to be like, oh, well, I'm not good enough rather than pushing yourself to try to make a change. You know what I mean? It's easy to accept things as mm-hmm. they are because that's how things are and that's how life is. It's easy. That's, that's the easy thing. Yeah. And I think that's what I've, I want to push the most is to get people out of that. Just say, hold on, hold on. You know, you were put here. You're still here. If you weren't meant to do something yeah. great, then why would you be here? You know what I mean? Because I believe a lot of I believe everybody has a purpose. Now I do think in just with that perspective that there's also the same amount of people that are, and this is very very rough to say, but I do think that there's some people that are just not meant to do amazing things. Only reason I say mm-hmm. that is because like and it, like I said, this is really hard to say because it, it comes across very um unsympathetic and rude but i do think that like for instance in a movie you know what i mean in order for there to be a storyline and a main character there has to be some background people there has to be some extras and i think some people are meant to be that bagger at the grocery store are you know what i mean because not everybody is has that driven mentality installed in them from the get-go and some people will never find it it's that's not what they're experiencing you know what i mean so it's, it's a very weird topic yeah but no, I think the positive spin on that sort of the, the, the maybe why it doesn't have to be such an awkward thing to approach. There's people who would be happy doing that. Yeah. There's exactly. people who would be okay with that. There's people that want to get by and just have Sunday morning coffee with their neighbors. Mm-hmm. There's people that's all they want. They just want that peace. The idea of putting them in the spotlight and putting them, of even putting them in a situation of what we do. I mean, I don't think hundreds and thousands of people listen to either one of us per se. Yeah. But the, even to put in that situation of putting yourself out there, there's people who don't want any part of that spotlight, none whatsoever, you know? Mm-hmm. And there, there would be people fine bagging groceries and this maybe comes back to i don't know if altruistics the word i don't know what the word is but if that pressure wasn't there if people were left to settle into their own little plinko slot all by themselves you know like what what would happen some people would want to bag groceries some people would want to pick up garbage yeah you know because they get to go around house house they get to see people first thing in the morning and say hey mrs roberts how's it going oh good they want that interact some people would legitimately do that and i believe that yeah um, and see, and then, you know where 
take the spotlight. Other people would be entertainers, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But once you get those people who would rather be bagging groceries, once you get them out of offices because they were told that's what they have to do to be a person, then things, you know what I mean. Yeah. But again, that that pressure, yeah, society and things I, like that. I think so also going to say to add on to that perspective, which I didn't really ever think about until now, is you know the people that choose those things that that's what they want right that leaves an open availability for those that were instilled with the motivation from the beginning to chase these other open slots Hmm. definitely definitely uh kind of like the ai conversation we almost got into earlier absolutely you know yeah not not to necessarily say anything as cliche as when one door opens you know closes another one opens but i mean it it is yeah, like I mean, for, uh, not the same thing they don't awesome um i've had an amazing time talking with you i know we had some technical difficulties so what i want to do now is just because i have another episode coming up here soon i need to prepare for it um i'll go ahead and if you have any last messages any stories anything you want to share with the folks this is the time to do so. And then at the end of you doing that, if you want to go ahead and give out, you know, where you can be found, your social media, um, your podcast, where everything is at, uh, go ahead and do that. Okay, sounds good. Um, well, you know, we tried to tackle as much as we could in this episode. And maybe if there's that much to say, um, you know, maybe I can come back sometime. Maybe Absolutely. we can, you know, deal with it online, uh, something like that. So, you know, I don't really want to launch into any other tirades or stories, you uh, you know, but I, I just, I want people to be less afraid, you know, like, listen, listen to this podcast we had today. Listen, listen to this guy here, man. He's got stuff to say, um, <laughs> you know, like, don't be afraid. Go out there, Try things just because it's the first three people you tell, tell you it's a bad idea. It doesn't mean it's a bad idea. They're just the first three, you know, people got to have guts to go out there and try things and stop the self-defeating conversation that happens inside people's heads. I think the uh, cognitive thinking traps i think is the therapeutic uh word for it you get out of those traps get out of that dialogue with yourself that you're not good enough because there's a good chance that you are I really, um, wow that was powerful i like that i'm going to use that for the snippet uh, oh awesome that, can I, to pull back the curtain a little bit i i had nothing in my notes for that or anything i just didn't know what to say because i didn't know i was going to have that opportunity so i just went with no, it dude, but... that was great that was great i really liked that a lot and those are my favorite kind of moments whenever that natural flowing, um, true heart comes out. Yeah, well, thanks. I'm glad it, glad it went together cohesively into a thought. <laughs> if you want to follow me, I guess, uh, for as far as self-promotion goes, um, on Twitter, I'm personally uh, off the LP, uh, O-F-F-T-H-E-L-P. Uh, so like a tongue-in-cheeky way of saying off the record. Uh, so that's my personal-ish um twitter you can also find both my shows at total stickcast and at thnp or sorry at thn pod um on facebook and twitter that works across the boards and um yeah i think that's about it i really really enjoy doing the show and i look forward to having you on the stickcast awesome awesome i'm looking forward to coming um over to the show and you know having a fun little conversation i think that um i'll probably have you on here in the future again just because this has been one of my top five episodes that i've done absolutely oh my god that's awesome thank you so <laughs> well, much you're a great conversation man um i like people that are comfortable that's that's what it comes down to if you're comfortable to talk that's it makes it better on for the both of us yeah okay awesome. well that's really great thank you well paul it's been an amazing time talking to you um i'll get you everything and well i have some other stuff to request from you but i'll i'll talk to you 
Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, you've had an amazing time listening to this podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, I have a few questions to ask. One, if you'd like to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition. There's a button on there that allows you to support just a dollar a month to help the future episodes of this uh, podcast progress. Secondly, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, do me a huge favor and just give it a rating. If you wanted to give it a five star, great. If you wanted to give it a one star, even better. If you want to just go ahead and tell me everything that I'm doing wrong or everything that I'm doing right, I would absolutely love it. Just anything helps. And second, thirdly, if you have anybody that you'd like to send this podcast to, anybody that you think this episode particularly or any other episodes they may benefit from, do that and just share it with them. Thank you so much.